bless this reading and sharing of your scripture, Father God, that they that have an ear to tune in and hear you, listen to what is said, hear your voice and the words that come from my mouth that are from you anyway, Father, your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom. Abba Yahweh Aman, Eshu Aman, Balakritos Aman. So I really got excited, as I shared with you, um, about that message that came from one of my mentors, and it's really, it's really awesome about the, the rule of faith intertwining and, and that Jesus is actually uh, seen in the Old Testament. However, the uh, Holy Spirit is redirected, which is great, awesome, and totally great, but it's... Um, it's the rule of my faith in him and following his steps and his guidance and his word. So <clears throat> here we go. This is, this is beautiful, wonderful, and my eyes are open to <laughs> some different things because I had a, depending on the translation and the misconception of some things. So anyway, um, some of you may be familiar with the term cataract and um, some of you younger may have no idea what I'm talking about without having to go to a dictionary. Don't, and unfortunately, many will go that on the internet. Um, but that's that's okay. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what we've we've come to. Many of us, I I go to a dictionary, and many go and find out things on the internet because they think that the computer is infallible, but find out that it's not. But that's okay. It's a learning process. It's a step. This is what we, this is what we do. But a cataract, interesting. It's also a, it is a f dysfunction. I was about to say a function of the eye, but a dysfunction of the eye, a opaqueness that, that comes in and you can't readily see anymore. Um, but what we're talking about here is it comes from Greek cataractis. Cataractis. It's a waterfall or a floodgate. For you see, back in that time, <clears throat> the Romans and the Greeks were really... Um, Ah, what's a term I'd, I'd like to use? I've kind of forgotten. I've been around too much, and I've uh, forgotten a lot of things. But, um, sorry, Father, not too much. Plenty of time. <laughs> um, they were very, they were an industrial people. The Romans and the Greeks, the Roman aqueducts that led, and, and um, what many people believe without confirmation, but they believe it to be so, is that the uh, actual downfall of the Roman Empire was because of their use of lead pipe or pipe, clay pipe that contained lead because they had, uh, they actually had a sewage system. They had a um, aqueducts. Uh, some people, it's a, some people consider it one of the wonders of the world, the Roman aqueducts. Uh, they're, they're massive, they're huge, and, and above the ground and way up on 
arched stilts, but cataractes are floodgates. And what my mentor was teaching from this morning and talking about the reading that I have is the floodgates of God's blessings. And and, um, this is why we have to, pardon me, we have to, um, we have to read carefully, study. And remember, Paul tells us that we have to study to show ourselves approved. Um, Brothers and sisters, it takes practice to do things. It takes practice and study in many things. Many uh, philosophers, they want to be really good at what they do. And when they go into school, they have to study Plato, Socrates. They have to, they have to study the Latin and the Romans, the... Uh, the uh, Those languages that that are filled with this sort of thing. When you're a mathematician or you're studying the math and you're studying for um, engineering, you have to study the maths. And you have um, it's, it's very interesting that I found is that in discussions that I had with those, um, I told you the. astronomy professors and the one that that uh, convinces associates that they needed to let me go ahead and participate in the language because they were quite ready to just sort of blast over me and uh, you know because when they were talking about a discipline I was not certain what they were talking about and you'll see how relative this is to what we do but when you study a science, mathematics, physics, um, uh, geometry, different things, they have what they call disciplines. You have, well, what discipline do you follow? And that's what they're talking about is whatever instructor or whatever master, master uh, geophysicist or whoever was the one that they, they follow after what discipline they're talking about. Did you follow the rules that he applied to his studies? And so that's what how you want to be. So what they're really saying is, who do you want to be like? Ultimately, that's what it translates to. Who do you want to be like? What discipline did you follow? What discipline did you study? Meaning whoever was giving them the figures and the equations and all, mostly, and that they studied mostly to get their degree, they speak to that as a discipline. Hmm. So what they're doing is they're giving credit to some member of Mammon society for being their leader and the one that they follow because they want to be just like them. Well, all well and good, I guess, if you decide that you want to be a member of Mammon for always. But the one that I want to study, the one that I want to be like, and the one that I want to make sure that I do all by his guidance is I do 
believe that Jesus Christ, the anointed of God, remember that's not his middle name, Jesus Christ Emmanuel Bar Joseph. If you want to get real technical, Jesus, the word Christ means anointed of God. <clears throat> and then, of course, the word Emmanuel, which was given from the Old Testament, the word of the prophets, meaning God with us. And then you have Bar Joseph, which was his father, the guy down in Nazareth that everyone made fun of Jesus for being a carpenter's son and they weren't going to listen to anything he had to say and teach because he was just a guy and they knew his family. They knew his brothers and sisters. They knew his mom. They knew his aunts and uncles and they were fishermen. So they knew all about Jesus' family. No, they didn't. No, they did not. They only knew what his life was like here on earth. They did not know what Jesus Christ was about. Why? Because they stopped their ears and they became arrogant and saying that we know who you are. Why should we listen to you? Sounds like they were practicing Phariseeism. That's a discipline that they were following. Follow what the Pharisees do. Listen to what they do. They speak of the devil. They don't speak truth. They speak of what they decide, what they want us to hear. They tell us our rules. Well, they didn't know Jesus, and they didn't know his family truthfully. They knew his earthly family. They knew what he was about on earth, but they didn't know that he was the only begotten son of God and that his family was in the kingdom of heaven. Had they known these things, they would have unstopped their ears and they would have decided to sit and listen. Like Mary did. Mary and Martha, they were having a gathering at the house and Martha was so consumed with getting everything done and having to do this and that and this and that and this and that that she came and she complained to Jesus. Jesus, can't you see there? I'm so busy. And Mary just sitting here by your feet. Just tell her to come and help me. Oh, no. I won't refuse her what she has decided is best. She has decided that the best thing for her is to hear my truth, my knowledge, and my wisdom. Martha, 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 you worry about so many things. Come, sit down, hear my truth. Sit by Mary. Sit beside her. Listen to what I say, but no, she was so consumed. As many of us are, we get consumed with things that are going on around us. But these cataracts, the characters that are open, the floodgates of heaven. It says that God pours out his blessings on us, pours them out. Some trivial things as my mentor has put in here, not really trivial, but I mean, they're, they're, they're interesting. Um, but perhaps some of you have heard of Angel Falls. It's in Venezuela. South America. It is the tallest uninterrupted waterfall in the world. Made by God. But this is, and you can imagine, okay. So this thing is 3,212 feet high, plus or minus. That's pretty tall. And I've climbed up in the Sierras beside some pretty tall waterfalls. 
You can't even put your, you, you don't even want to put your, your water cup out there to try to get water from it because the pressure is so intense from the fall that it will pull you in. And we're talking about just a, what seems like a trickle. So you have to get well off and maybe find a pool or someplace that this fresh water is, is filling or someplace that it's not falling so hard. And these things are steep. They're magnificent. They're massive. God made these things. But imagine this. This is how God's outpouring is. When he opens the floodgates in heaven and the blessings flow down and fall. Can you imagine? Okay, so this is the tallest waterfall, the 3,212 feet. Well, how, how far is it to heaven? Lost Boys sing that song. How far is heaven? How far? I, they, that these floodgates, when he opens them up and the blessings pour out. And the thing of it is that God's floodgates and his reservoir will not empty. I've shared with you the treasury that he allows me to go into and draw from will not empty. It cannot. It replenishes continuously. It fills continuously. His reservoir of blessings cannot be emptied. When God puts out his blessings and pours out his blessings on us, it will not end. It does not end. Not in our finite minds and our finite thoughts that we have. It's... mm. I pray for one of my coworkers because we had an interesting discussion. It was not not an argument per se, and we weren't getting loud or anything. We were just agreeing to disagree. But he believes that his philosophy or his uh, his mentoring, I guess, whoever he was following. I don't know. He didn't share that, but it seems very hmm, saying that everything is God, and that that and we're by park vehicles. He gave me a ride home and he, we're talking about car and, and he's saying, oh, and that pickup, that pickup truck is God. I said, and how do you figure that? And he's saying, well, God made it. So it's, it, it's kind of an interesting thought process that he's had, but, and I told him, I said, well, that's not exactly right, but, and as I said, we parted with <laughs> the agreement to disagree. But I don't know where that thought process came from. I'm not sure. Just need to pray for the guy. But this is what we have to do. God blessed us with his loving kindness and that we must in turn put out that loving kindness to others and not be not become angry or disruptive or agitated and that there's a there's going to be things that we're not going to agree with and things that are, are going to be different than our thought process. That's okay. It is really okay. Simply, peacefully agree that you disagree. And then you continually pray for the person and that the Holy Spirit could give you the words to give them or pray for their heart to be opened up so that they can hear the truth if they are speaking untruth. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you share what God has put in you, which is his love, 
his kindness and compassion, and that we share that with others and remind them that his unfailing love for us is what brought Jesus Christ, anointed of God, to this plane of existence and ultimately took him to the cross. And we have to remember too, we must remember this too, because he teaches us in his word and we see it through the word and as we study from front to back, back to front. Those that in their arrogance decided that they knew much more than Jesus did, because after all, he was an arrogant blasphemer and he was calling on Satan to drive out the demons which was Jesus I can I can imagine he may have he may not have but just when they tried to lay that on him and he just sort of rolled his eyes and was and came at them with truth and tried to explain to them yet again but I could just I can almost see the expression on his face and the thought process, oh, here we go again. That you know so much from reading the scriptures and the prophecies, but yet you don't believe and yet you don't pay attention because you wouldn't know the truth if it slithered up the steps to your little platform and bit you on your ankle, you wouldn't know it. And he also explained to them that they don't know the truth because they don't speak the truth. What they speak are those things from their father and they speak their father's language. Who is their father? The father is Satan. Because Jesus speaks the truth and he comes from heaven and he speaks in strength and authority and they don't want to let him have the authority. There were a number of things going on with the first Siddic attitude and the teachings and things that they had going on. First of all, understand that they always sat at the best seats, whatever festival, if they were invited to come to a wedding, they always sat at the best seats. They had the first wine. They had the first of the, whatever they brought, the, um, the platters of food. They got the first, they got the choicest cuts of the meat. So the choicest cuts of the meat were trimmed off and those were set aside and those were for the pharisaical attitudes and those people that came from the Pharisees and they sat at the table, they got the best cuts of meat, they got the best of everything all the time. <clears throat> and they always made such a haughty show of what they had. But what they didn't have, what they didn't have and they didn't understand was the love of God in their heart, which he gave to them, but they decided to cast aside because they decided in their arrogance that they knew best. They knew best. The Sadducees, they attributed the law to Moses. It wasn't the law of Moses. It was laws that were given to Moses by God who wrote them down on the tablets and then presented them to Moses who in his fit of anger and seeing what the Israelites did down below, cast the stones down and broke them, which they carried around the Ark of the Covenant from, from that time on, so they would have them. And that Moses 
was not the lawgiver, but they the Sadducees attributed Moses the lawgiver. Well, Moses wasn't the lawgiver. He was a law sharer. God was a lawgiver. And then came Jesus. Because God decided that what that the law that he presented was he didn't want to destroy the world and it was stricter and it was going to lead to that point and God didn't want to destroy the world because God loves us. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Live always in the kingdom of heaven. Be adopted into the family of king into the family of the kingdom of heaven and that we will be heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means that we get everything that Jesus is living now. Oh my gosh, he's sitting on the throne next to God. <clears throat> he's spending time in heaven. He's preparing our heavenly home. He's uh, the architecture and designer of these things and, and our the place. Remember what he told us when he was getting ready to leave? I go down to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I will send another in my place so that you're not, you don't feel like you're left alone. And I will ask my father to send a comforter. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. And I've shared this with you before that one of my other mentors is, his wife got him, <laughs> got them, a new comforter and had it on the back of the couch and, <clears throat> um, in their sitting room and he was sitting to study and and uh, do his reading. There was a little chill so he took the comforter to put over his legs and was going to sit there and read. Yeah, guys do that. I do that. Comforter thing. They think that's just a, a girly thing. Nope. So anyway, his wife entered the sitting room the alarms went off. What are you doing? Why are you, what are you, ah, she didn't know, even know how to get it out. He had the new comforter that was very pretty, by the way, and it added to the decor of the room, but he was using it. She said, that's not to use, that's to look at. And now he's so totally confused, he totally didn't get that. Uh, wait a minute, you bought a new comforter, which is a, blanket and I can't use it. No, no, no. It's just to look at. You can't use it. It's so when company comes over, they can see. Very confusing. But he acquiesced because he loves his wife. And she got him an old funky throw and put it over his leg. But the lesson in that is what good is a comforter if you don't use it? The same thing that Jesus went to the Father and said, Father, Let's not leave them alone. I, I want them to have comfort. I want, I want us to send. Let us send our, your spirit and it will be with them. It will comfort them. It can answer them. It can lead them, guide them, teach them. Okay, son, I, that's, that's good. We'll do that. I agree. That's a, good, that's a good thought. We will send the comfort to them. But here's the thing. If you don't, what good is your belief that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God if you don't ever pray to him and thank him for what he's done? And what good is your faith in God if you don't talk to him and you don't share it and you don't openly acknowledge him 
And what possible good is the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to guide our steps and teach us if you don't acknowledge his presence and you just go through life and you totally ignore all three of them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The mighty heavenly trilogy that gives us all things. What good are they possibly doing for you if you ignore them? If you are readily giving up your faith, you readily give up your joy and happiness. Oh, they came and they robbed my joy and my happiness. No, they didn't. You open your hands and you let it go. I've shared this numerous times. The minions of hell cannot rob you of those things by wresting it from you if you open your hands and you willingly allow them to pick it up and run away with it. But they don't even have to run because you're not even going to pursue them. You're going to let them go. And then you're going to wank and whine and cry to those who say, well, oh, you don't look so good today. Yeah, well, my joy was taken from me because the dude came in. La, 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 la. No, they didn't. You opened your hands and you gave it to them and you totally f forgotten. And I have forgotten as well. So don't get your knickers in a twist that I'm vaunting myself above you. I'm not. Lord Jesus gave us authority and I will read it for you yet again. And I'm going to go back to the book of Luke. I'm going to go to Luke. There we go. Hang on just a second for me, please. It is in the book of Luke. And it is in chapter 10. Jesus tells us. He's talking to us. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus was there when that happened. That was a long time ago. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So don't get all jumping jack joyful and that these things are subject to what you're saying because then what that does is that gives you a boastful heart and attitude. Oh, look what I did. I sent them screwing up. No, you didn't. It was the authority that was given to you by our Lord Jesus Christ that we have been given permission to use it. That's what you're joyful over, not that they went running because you said anything because that's not what the authority that he shares with us is about. It's about him. It's about his love for us. So you believe and you have faith in that. You have faith in God. Remember that, you know, and, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I find it hard to have faith in God because I can't see him. Whoosh. That's like a rushing foul wind that, that comes Look around you. This is why God will look and he, he shakes his head in shame when he asks people, he says, why didn't you believe? 
well, I couldn't see anything. I, I couldn't see you. I didn't, you know, I didn't believe what the people were telling me and trying to share with me. Why didn't you look around? Everything that I created, everything that is in nature cries out my name. It cries out to you and tells you that I am made me. I am created me. I am put me in place. I am holds me at bay so that I don't rush to the shores. I am controls the forming of the clouds. I am is in the roaring of the waves and the wind. I am provides the dressing in the fields. I am feeds the birds and cares for them, loves them, created them. I am did all this. And the voice of nature and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing. Repeat the sounding joy. That's not just a Christmas carol, brothers and sisters. I've shared this with you before. It's not just for Christmas. It's an all the time word. Repeat the sounding joy, the echo of the might and majesty and sovereignty of Lord God. That's in a song that Mammon, some guy, some guy, some committee of people decided that it's a Christmas song. No, it's not. Listen to the lyrics. Let heaven and nature sing. What does God say in his word? All you had to do is open your eyes and ears and you would have heard everything around you declaring my majesty, my strength. You would have heard it in the waterfalls. You would have heard it in the canyons. You would have heard the birds crying it out. You would have seen it in the dressing of the field. What does the song say? Let heaven and nature sing. Repeat the sounding joy. That sounds like echoes in a canyon to me. And the birds are repeating what the flowers and the fields have told them, that God is alive and God created them. So the birds are echoing that and they're repeating it along the way. And then when they fly through the canyons, it echoes off the walls of the canyons, the roaring of the waves, the outpouring of God's majesty, repeating and the echoing and bouncing off the walls of the canyons. God tells us, we just have to open up our ears, open up our eyes and look around and see that God is there. People don't believe in God because they can't see him. I've shared this before. Yet you have faith in a mechanic and you're not standing over his or her shoulder watching the work that they do on the vehicle. When you go to the airport, you have faith that that plane is going to get off the ground, but you don't watch the avionics specialists doing the work that they're doing. And how do you know the pilot's not sitting back in his chair napping? But yet you have faith in a person that you do not see, but you can't have faith in God. Hmm. I just find that interesting and kind of a false faith. No, it is a false faith. And just an excuse. Brothers and sisters, God pours out his blessings on us all the time. For them that love God, our Lord Jesus Christ, and follow the teaching of the Holy Spirit, he pours out his blessings all the time on us.
all the time. He is truly a good, good father. So, wow, that's pretty, the, the Holy Spirit just drew my eyes right there. Wow. This is Paul writing to the Hebrews. Wow. Hebrews uh, 4, starting at verse 5. And in this place, again, if there shall enter into my rest. God's telling them, they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear the voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God and from as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about those that believed in what they were doing in their own works and in their their time and not that of God and that they didn't enter his rest, that they entered into their own. God blesses us through all things. All things. And we have to remember this too, is that all things are God anyway. All things, the knowledge and wisdom that he shares with us and the knowledge and wisdom that he shares with me so that I can share with you. And this is not to put myself above anyone else. And remember, I've shared this with you. And if any of you are find it reasonable to become offended by some of the things in the way I speak, well, not in a cruel or a mean way, but I don't care about that. What I care about is the validation of God and then he gives me the word to you and I speak those words to you and I speak that truth and I try to help you understand. But some people will choose to uh, twist that and believe that I believe that they're stupid. No, stupid and ignorant are not the same thing. Ignorance is just having a lack of knowledge and I'm here because God believes that I can get that knowledge and that information to you. And that's my job, to be about my father's business, not about my business. So untwist your knickers, get that little knotted piece of material out of there so you can sit comfortably and spend time in his word, in his truth, in his knowledge, and learn from the Holy Spirit speaking. But if you're agitating, you're moving around, you're not paying attention. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers every day. Every night when I go out to start my day and when I lie down to end my day, I pray. 
God's, I thank God for my day. I thank God for the breath of my lungs because it is he who drives me to be about his business. Be blessed.